to the show. Hope you're all having a great week so far. So we are taking a short break for the next few weeks, but fear not. We have some wonderful episodes to share with you. What we're doing is we went back and we found some of our listener favorites, some of our best podcasts, some of your favorite episodes, and we are polishing those up and um, sharing those again with you. So you will hear those over the next couple of weeks, and we hope you get to enjoy them if you have not heard them already. So thanks for listening. On today's Encore episode, I have the fabulous Eve Rodsky, New York Times bestselling author, as well as documentarian. We talk about her book, Finding Your Unicorn Space, and we dive into how women take up space and how we can find more time in our lives and make it meaningful. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Welcome to the show. Thanks for being here, Eve. Oh, Lisa, it's always great to be with you. I am so excited to talk about this book because when you launched this book and I had a little bit of information about what was going to be in it, what you were planning to to cover, and all of the questions that I had, you cover in this. So (laughs) let's talk about it. What inspired the concept for this new book? Thank you for asking that question. Aliza, I did not set out, as you know, to be a gender division of labor expert. It was not on my third grade, what do you want to be when you grow up bored? That probably <laughs> said like astronaut, I don't know, or I don't know, veterinarian or something. But, you know, as we talked about, I think in our last time together, research is really me search. So fair play, the idea that I was holding two thirds or more of what it took to run a home and family after my kids came around and I did not the realization that I did not have the career marriage combo I thought I was going to have was really the baseline. But what was happening to me was that in my research for fair play, when people would say to me confidentially, you know, Eve, uh, you're telling me I can get more time. And that sounds pretty amazing, but I wouldn't even know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was um, concerning. And the other thing that was really concerning was that the two words that kept coming up in my word cloud when I was interviewing people about home life, they would tell me they feel like they're drowning. Mm. Uh, That was in 17 countries. This is before Mm. the pandemic. And then when I would ask people to unpack, well, what do you mean by drowning? Two words really rose to the surface. And those words were overwhelm and boredom. Mm. And I kept thinking being overwhelmed mm. by the mundane is a really, um, it's a deadly combination. Mm-hmm. And so Unicorn Space, Find Your Unicorn Space, book two, really picked up on where Fair Play left off. And it's really an understanding of, yes, there's no excuses. You deserve more time. Women's time is diamonds. Um, it deserves to be spent as such. Mm-hmm. But But while I can't tell you what you should spend your time on. I can tell you how to find meaningful ways to use it. Yeah. I love that. So when you talk about unicorn space, what is it? What is a unicorn space? Yeah. So find your unicorn space is a strange name for a book, especially because fair play was pretty um, obvious. Uh, It was a game based on fairness in the home. So unicorn space is a concept that Really, I couldn't find a name for Aliza, so I had to make one up. Mm. And what I mean by that is any active pursuit that makes you come alive Mm. 
-hmm. is a unicorn space. Um, some people think, oh, well, you mean just a flow state, but I don't just mean being in a flow state because it takes a lot of things to protect you to get even to the flow state in the first place. Right. And so the idea of taking up space for women is not something that we're ever been conditioned to do. And so the idea of a space really felt important to me. How do you mm -hmm. take up space? Mm -hmm. And then especially in the pandemic, when I saw women say to me, oh, you know, they would DM me or text me or email me saying, you know, Eve, you wanted to ask me about my space, how I take up space. Well, I was taking up space outside the home, but now I'm in a bathtub with a toddler on my lap and a mm. laptop. And my partner, often heterosis gender partnerships, took the good space, mm -hmm. took the office, closes mm -hmm. the door doesn't interrupt his work day for eight to 10 hours. And so the idea of space was always triggering for me, but especially now. So, and then the idea that we could have a mythical, magical space like a unicorn, like a mythical equine, but it doesn't exist just like a unicorn. Don't tell mm. that to my daughter who's five, but <laughs> unicorns don't exist. And so this idea of the, the, connotation of something so beautiful and magical, but doesn't exist for women yeah. was a unicorn space. And that way we can retire the word hobby. We could retire, which connoted in frequency in my research, we can retire the word passion project. Passion projects seem to only be associated with women's projects yep. or vanity project um, or side hustle, which had the idea that you have to make money from it. Mm -hmm. I was looking for a new word. So that's where yeah. the word unicorn space came up. Um, and it's a really Beautiful, beautiful thing, Lisa, when you can use that mythical, magical space for, for something that you love to do, active attention for things that you love. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you about that. And, you know, Eve, as I was thinking about personally, how do I find my own, get myself into that mental state? You call it also flow state. Just, just how do you get yourself into that place of being able to even think about it. It is something that I have struggled with in the past. And I wonder if you can talk a little bit, because I have heard you speak about how do you find your curiosity and how do you find your creativity? Like, how do you find those things? So if you can get yourself to a place where, all right, I have the time, the mental space to do this, how do you figure out what you're curious about and so that you can go forward and, um, and really explore the unicorn space? Such a good question, because I think we've been so afraid of the word passion that people don't realize that we have so many ideas. We have so much curiosity. Mm -hmm. uh, that's what we're hardwired to be, you know, curious beings. We all have it. It's just that we're so exhausted from the things we have to do that we don't get time to spend things on that we want to do. And so mm -hmm. The idea of a unicorn space is really three things. It's a cycle. Mm -hmm. So what do I mean by that? Well, let's just talk about this as one of your unicorn spaces. It doesn't have to be a passion. You could have a hundred unicorn spaces if you want. White men with stay-at-home wives do. Uh, they have a lot of leisure time and a lot of, a lot of those men were identifying many different uh, places for unicorn space. But what I'm talking about here is a cycle of curiosity, as you said, plus it's a formula, plus connection. Mm -hmm. So it's three C's. It's curiosity plus connection plus some form of completion. I'm hoping people understand that as much as we love a pedicure 
I am not talking about that. As mm. much as we love with a drink with a friend, I'm not talking about that. That should be in your life, of course. As mm. much as we love a, a spin class, I'm not talking about that. Yeah. Because the cycle is the curiosity plus mm -hmm. the connection, the sharing with the world, mm -hmm. which is the hard part, plus actually, you know, completing something, which is mm -hmm. the hardest part. Mm -hmm. uh, that is such a great description. So you can have multiple unicorn spaces. But it's about having those elements to it. It's not like, oh, I need some downtime. I'm going to go get myself a pedicure. Yes, it, exactly. Exactly. It's thinking, it's being more, I, I don't want to say productive. That's not, it's, I know, because I don't think that's what it is. I don't think it's like doing something for the sake of doing it, but it's, it's fulfilling. It's like sort of fulfilling something in you. Right. And for that, you need those elements, the curiosity the connection and the completion. Absolutely. And I think what I what I love about productivity is that that has been looked at as such a bad thing in a capitalist patriarchy. And mm -hmm. now we're sort of entering this, you know, rest revolution, which I love. And it's actually a very Jewish concept, right? Shabbat's a very, mm -hmm. you know, we've we've had a rest revolution for three thousand years. Yep. Five thousand years, uh, mm -hmm. according to the Jewish calendar. But anyway, so I believe in rest. I believe in restoration. But the the productivity I'm talking about here is the productivity of self worth. Yeah. Of 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 saying to yourself, I did something. The so this is how it plays out, you know. And I'll ask your listeners: When was the last time where you said the most important thing I will do today is? And the answer is outside of your roles mm -hmm. as a parent and or partner and or professional. That's what I'm talking about. That type of productivity mm -hmm. where you say, wow, I am learning to ski just for the value of learning to ski. Mm -hmm. And that combination means that that completion of that lesson, doing that hard thing, it that cycle makes you want to come back to it. And then if you, mm -hmm. sometimes I had a friend who illustrated a Christian's book, a children's book. She wanted the story of, of, the, of Jesus's resurrection and Easter to be more inclusive to mm -hmm. not look all like white people because that's not who was there um, at the time. Mm -hmm. And so she had this beautiful children's book. And then she said to me, you know, I'm done with that unicorn space. I don't want to illustrate more children's books. I did that. And mm -hmm. I, but, but that is the last thing I'll say. If you believe that the self-worth and the productivity is that cycle, the feeling you should get, not mm -hmm. you should, but that you would get that was in my data when I looked back, I said, is there a descriptor of unicorn space in terms of feeling? And so I looked back over the past 10 years, and the thing that came up most in the interviews were people saying a version of, I can't believe I just did that. That's the feeling that I'm looking for. Ugh. So you talk about meaningful happiness, and I'm wondering if you can share a little bit about what is meaningful happiness and then how does one find it? I think it's connected to the concept you were just talking about. Absolutely. The, I can't believe I just did that. So um, when you watch Netflix, as much as we love it, for 12 hours, uh, you don't jump off the couch and say, I can't believe I just did that. You're probably more <laughs> likely at three in the morning to be like, I can't believe I just did that. I'm not going <laughs> to sleep in the morning. And then the other side. So that's happiness without meaning. There, you know, uh, as my colleague, Professor Lori Santos, she was in the Times this week. 
she says, you know, make your leisure time more nutritious. So this is sort of that basis basis of um, of, of that concept. So happiness without meaning. Then there's meaning without happiness. And a lot of that is associated with caregiving. Mm. Um, I know that there's existential meaning, Eliza, in taking care of Anna today. She's sick. But there's not a lot of happiness in that. I mean, mm. we know studies show that people would rather be in a root canal chair than hang out with their toddler. And by people, I mean me. <laughs> I love you, Anna, but I would rather be in a root canal chair and hang out with you all day. It's just that until you're older, that's just the, the truth of it. Yep. Um, and so we're often in these situations of happiness without meaning or meaning without happiness. Mm-hmm. And how often do we get to be at these intersections of meaning mm. and happiness? Mm. Uh, that is a unicorn space. Yeah. And that's why the, the second C is so important, the connection, because mm. often people are not receiving the same meaning if you did, you know, 10 spin classes in a row, um, that feels good. Of course, you're investing in yourself, but it's not the same type of meaning and happiness intersection as when, say, you teach a spin class. Or if you're eating a delicious pie with friends, that's so fun. That's self-care. I love that. That's connection alone. But again, when you have curiosity, connection, and completion together, you're baking the pie to share mm-hmm. with your neighbor. Mm-hmm. Th- those are those are the experiences that are creating that meaningful happiness. Like, let's give people maybe some actionable steps for how they can move forward here. Absolutely. Let's do practical now. So... 2021, uh, Adam Grant coined a term that I think became one of the words of the year, and that was languishing. Mm-hmm. That feeling of just, okay, um, one meme I saw really to me describes languishing perfectly. It says, um, I've been saying to myself, I'm just, I just got to get through this week for two years. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. that's a languishing, that's the state of languishing. Now, the opposite of that, in my opinion, is these new studies about creativity in everyday life, the creativity we're talking about, yeah. not just a paintbrush, but feeling creative, having curiosity and that connection, that completion cycle is linked to daily flourishing. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean you have to be in a flow state every day. Unless you're a white man with a stay-at-home wife, you probably will not be in a unicorn space every single day. Mm-hmm. But what it does daily flourishing is that while it's going to rain on us, what happens is that we have an umbrella, Aliza mm-hmm. doesn't mean that the rain is going to stop. And so how can we practically start to think about how we add this into our lives? Well, mm-hmm. the three practical steps to, I believe discovering your first curiosity is like clearing the brush Because then it opens up to you. And the brush clearing that has to be done is three steps. One, it's really this belief that we don't deserve to be unavailable. So number one, we have to believe we have a permission to be unavailable from our roles. It's Mm -hmm. the number one hurdle. I don't have time for what I have to do. So how can I make time for what I want to do? I'm available to everyone. I order the COVID test. It's all the fair play stuff. I'm being interrupted because my kid is sick. I'm home. I'm in the Mm -hmm. bathtub with them on my lap. So sustained attention for something we love is not going to happen unless we deserve and believe we have a permission to be unavailable. Number two, the brush clearing is even if you believe that you have a permission to be unavailable, how do you make sure that you vanquish guilt and shame when it comes up 
And then third, it's asking for what we need. But to do all those three steps, the first thing I would say is we have to deal with our own self-talk. To ask for what we need, we have to start understanding the role of guilt and shame in our Mm decision-making. Guilt and shame are such interesting emotions because they are two emotions that in my interviews, and the science backs this up, are emotions that have women make decisions Mm -hmm. that are not necessarily authentic to their values. Mm -hmm. So what I mean by that is a couple of weeks ago, COVID tests came out, I guess free COVID tests came out. Mm -hmm. And I remember that day I didn't turn off my notifications. So I was getting bing, 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 bing. I was like, what the hell is happening? Is there like an earthquake? So I looked down and it's all these text chains of women from my past, including my most political sending me order these free COVID tests, order these free COVID tests. And so then all I did was put on repeat and paste, paste, paste back. Are men in your life ordering these COVID tests? Did Are men in your life ordering these COVID tests? Are men in your life ordering these COVID tests? Mm. And the reason why that was so important is because what I was trying to show is that say you had 30 minutes for whatever you were going to do, return work emails, not even a unicorn space, just maybe meditate. Uh, Maybe you are going to do something again for, um, you know, who knows, whatever your civic service, register to vote, whatever you're going to do for you. In that 30 minutes that that link came in, all those women automatically stopped what they were doing, made a different decision about how they were going to use their time. That happens over and over again every single day. So it becomes a death by a thousand cuts. Mm. So that is what I'm talking about. The practical Mm -hmm. nature of not being available. I don't have to do that. I don't feel guilty or shameful because I'm not ordering these COVID tests or protecting my family. That guilt and shame has us make decisions, Aliza, that allows us to cut up our time into these small time confetti that they talk about where we don't get into a flow state. We don't get unicorn spaces. Right, right. Well, and I think, you know, it's interesting that you bring this up because it is one of the lessons that you have to learn. I mean, if you think about it, you learn this early in a career as you start to um, get more responsibility. You have to figure out that you doing all of these other things, right? They always say in corporate America, I mean, I came from corporate America. I know you have a background, very familiar with um, the same space. And um, it was always the goal to go from being a doer to an enabler, right? Right. You you wanted to get as far away from the doing (laughs) as you possibly could. And there's a reason for that because as you move forward, you're supposed to, and you move up, you're right. You're supposed to be doing more and more strategic thinking and you need to pull yourself out of the doing, doing, doing. But as moms, as women, we end up doing a lot and we think, oh, well, it's only five minutes, but it's not just the time. It's the, it's the emotional energy that what, what I call a share of mind, right? It's, it's what I have to think about at some point. And you talk about this so beautifully in Fair Play. So I'm hoping that we can just quickly, I want to want to bring up one point from Fair Play because I loved the concept of how you broke up the elements of a task, right? The, the thinking, oh, can you talk a little bit yes, about yes. what are the elements? Well, again, it, that, it's that, oh, it's only five minutes. I can still go back to what I need to do after I order these COVID tests. But when you think about the it's on me texts we get from everybody, whether it's the schools, our partners, um, 
the office housework that is unpaid in, in the workplace. It just adds up, Aliza, like you said, to, to where we have no share of mind left. And then now we're dealing with a very uh, predictable crisis. It wasn't inevitable. It was freaking inevitable. But this crisis of burnout and decision fatigue. Mm-hmm. So how mm-hmm. do you get out of that? So if you believe that the three steps to a unicorn spacer, I believe I have a permission to be unavailable. My time is diamonds. <clears throat> and I need to ask for what I need and not have guilt and shame around it. That's a boundary. But actually, the formula for thriving is three things. It's boundaries, systems, and communication. So Unicorn Space really talks about boundaries mm-hmm. in that, you know, a real boundary now is not a walk around the block. Sadly, we're too late for that. You know, our, our true boundaries are really being interested in our own lives. Mm-hmm. Communication is important, but that meat that what you're talking about, the meat is our systems mm-hmm. and, and systems are really, really important. Systems are the way I define them, ways to make decisions before you need to even know you have to make that decision. Mm-hmm. And so how do you do that? Well, you can't just do, 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 right? Because then that's not a system. That's you just uh, giving away your time, your most valuable right. currency for free. Yep. So the opposite of that is understanding how mustard got in your refrigerator. That's the most important question I asked in the past 10 years in 17 countries because condiments, apparently, you know, mustard's pretty popular everywhere, but (laughs) there was a a condiment I could substitute in for most countries. And what was happening to women in single parents, uh, women married to men, women married to women even, was this idea that I... Mustard got in my refrigerator because my second son, Johnny, needs it for his protein. Otherwise, he won't eat any protein. Mm. He will gag on protein unless he gouses it, dabs it in mustard. Yep. Mm-hmm. That, that conception, like that share of mind, like mm. noticing is what we get paid the big bucks for in the workplace. Mm-hmm. I notice there's a new way to do this. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be much more efficient. That, but in the work, but that's invisible in the home. Right. And then- I monitor that mustard for when it's running low and I get stakeholder buy-in from everybody else for what they need on that grocery list. Again, they don't say stakeholder buy-in per se, but that's what I'm listening for. Mm -hmm. That's planning. Again, something we get paid big bucks for in the workplace, not so much at home. And then you send your partner to the store and they bring home spicy Dijon. You ask for French's yellow. And then you say, well, I'll never trust them with my living will or anything important because they can't even bring home the right type of mustard. Mm. that conception planning and then execution mm-hmm. when, when they don't stay together and women hold on to the conception and planning and ask for quote unquote help with execution, that's when we cannot get rid of our share of mind. Yes. And so that's it. That's all fair play is it. It was not rocket science. It was just an understanding that in other phases, other organizations outside the home, we understood the power of an ownership mindset. That was it, not rocket science. But that boundaries and communication sandwich, the stuff that I had to write a whole book about, my sequel, Unicorn Space, is because it's so hard to get to the system if you don't believe you deserve the system. So what advice do you have for women who may not have the feel like they have the free time or maybe very much connected to that, the mental space to really implement that concept of a unicorn space in their lives? I think what's been interesting is people who are really um, 
my advice is is to know which C interests you the most or which mm. is the hardest. So if if finding a curiosity is what triggers you, then know, understand that there are many different ideas out there. You know, it's probably because there's been a passion gap. I saw that a lot in my interviews that, you know, it's almost like I lost my identity. I don't even know who I am anymore outside of my roles. Mm -hmm. So, so you would focus on that. I just, this is first step is just, I want you to just get aware, get Mm -hmm. aware of what feels triggering to you, what feels hard, what feels exciting. Just get comfortable in understanding that that's not your fault. It's an exhaustion gap. You've been conditioned to just be your roles and just live with that. If it's the second one, the connection, mm-hmm. well, I'm great at, you know, soul cycle or doing things alone, like journaling or gratitude journaling, but I don't share it with the world. Mm-hmm. Then again, that's one of my other friends who said to me, women have been conditioned never to share until they're excellent. Mm-hmm. We're not allowed to be loud and wrong. Mm-hmm. So she had a lot of trouble sharing her ideas, her dreams with the world. So in that case, you know, you just need one, one accountability partner, one spiritual friend in which to start sharing your delicate dreams. If you'd like to learn more about our guests this week or how you can join the She Speaks community, check out the links in the show notes. Thanks for listening and looking forward to our next conversation. Thank you for listening. If you're an influencer or a brand that wants to work with us, please feel free to email us at info at Until next time.